0: It is that time of the week. We are back with a packed slate this week. First off, Josh Allen is in the match. The Sabres, their season's coming to a close. Will Tyson Fury defend his belt? And featuring this week, a heavy debate about the top five quarterbacks in the AFC. All of this with some hot takes trivia and more. This is the Buffalonian podcast. All right, let's go. This is the Buffalonian Podcast. I'm Joe Cali, and as always, I am joined by Dominic Loss and Michael Marino, and we are coming right at you with some Bills news, and guys, Alan is in the match. How are we feeling? I'm excited to see some terrible golf. I'm Terrible?
1: Terrible? What are terrible. you talking about, terrible? All three of them are horrific at golf, but I'm there for the chatter. Really? You're going to criticize people on their golf game? No. I mean, I know from a terrible golfer, like... These guys are pretty bad. But Bro, they would still Allen's be. Allen's going to be driving still, that
2: ball like Happy Gilmore.
1: Yeah. yeah. They are would you still beat me? me by 30 strokes. I'm not debating that. I'm a bad golfer. But they are also, for the match, not high quality. I mean, it's the first time in this event that they don't have an actual professional golfer in the event.
0: I mean, I'm here for it still. I think Josh Allen's going to kill. I, I mean him and Mahomes they're they're doing duos right so it's Brady Rogers Mahomes and Allen yes sir yeah so um, Mahomes should just be a caddy for Allen I think that's what's going to have to happen because Mahomes is going to be pulling him behind the entire time in my opinion
1: yeah wow. I
2: mean
0: Mahomes should be the caddy <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean honestly Mahomes should just be the bag carrying the clubs at this point Allen should carry them I mean that's a better idea right there what. No, not feeling that
0: one? Not feeling that one. No, that did not land well with me. I apologize. but uh, man. You don't apologize. No, I don't.
1: Who crowd.
0: Do who do you think the caddies will actually be if they're allowed to bring caddies? I was watching Good Morning Football this morning. No free brand deals, sorry. Good Morning Football this morning. And Kyle Brandt had an interesting idea. He said, you know, whoever they took the jobs from should be the caddy. So, like... Tyrod? No, Peterman. If you will, or you have like a veteran QB, like, you know, Bledsoe is Brady's caddy, Brett Favre, uh, Roger's caddy, Jim Kelly, you know.
2: See, I'm going to be realistic. I think they're just going to use golf cart and just grab their club and then just go and hit and then they're going to go right back to their cart.
1: See, why do you got to make it
2: not
0: fun? I'm just it saying just...
2: that's what the other ones were. They're going to have custom carts. Yeah, but I feel
1: like a lot of that was because of COVID.
0: Yeah, I mean, maybe. I mean, it'll all depend. I we'll see I first. personally like that idea of the caddy situation, but um, that'll have to be for next year, for sure. The next, the match. I feel
1: like Knox would be a good caddy, but who do you guys think... He'd of, be a hype
0: man, not yeah. just a caddy.
1: Who do you guys think uh, any Bills make a surprise appearance? I mean, Gronk did for Brady. I think maybe Diggs makes one for Allen.
0: Oh, it's got to be Diggs. Yeah, I, I feel like it has to be. Or Gabe Davis shows up out of nowhere like that playoff game. You know, so I, I don't know. I mean, it could be anyone. It could be anyone. But if it were, I, I would agree with you. If, I were, if I'm a betting man, it is Stefan Diggs. Yeah, they're
1: going to put their Pods in and listen to Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen gush over each other.
0: For They'll actually time. listen to Cole Beasley's song. He's a rapper.
1: See so you know how you want silent for me. I'm now going silent for you. On that one. <laughs> Revenge. Back to more not golf-related Bills news, but you know we are at this time of the year where we're closing on the draft, and you know Bleacher Report is now, you know, sharing some articles about, you know, what they think will happen or you know what were bad draft picks from the Bills over the course of a couple of years. So the first article we'll talk about is that the Bleacher Report had like a like a ideal trade for every team. And they think the Bills should trade down with the Lions. So I know we've discussed them trading up, them staying put, what they should do. But we haven't really discussed a lot about them trading down, possibly, Jeff. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, I mean,
2: it's not a terrible idea, because think about it. We don't, like, obviously corners are pressing need. But at the end of the day, there's still going to be some decent corners at the beginning of round two. And it said we get their 34th pick. So, I mean, I'm pretty content with getting that extra pick and filling it with another cheap rookie contract.
0: Yeah, I'd have to agree with Mike on this one. I'm not... It, I don't think it's a bad idea in the slightest. I think it it definitely is a possibility for something happening, that's for sure.
1: Well, I think it I think it comes down to situational. I think certain people other than certain cornerbacks have to be off the board. I think the top four cornerbacks have to be off the board for me to consider a trade down. I think you have to be, as as the Bills have either planned to add a veteran corner or be very all right with losing dropping nine spots back in the draft and saying if we drop nine spots back then we had to take like two cornerbacks come off the board but we're still fine with taking the seventh cornerback or that. I mean I think there's gonna be an opportunity for the Bills to trade down because as we've talked about, you know, at nauseam, you know, this quarterback class is not very good. And I feel like there's gonna be a lot of people uh teams I should say that um, would probably want a quarterback that might trade back into the first round to take a Desmond Ritter or Sam Howell. So, I think there is an opportunity for the Bills to potentially trade down, but I think the situation has to be correct for them in order to do so. Right,
0: right. It has to be, you know, the Goldilocks, if you will. It can't be too, too hot, too cold. It's got to be just right. I think that's what they're doing right now.
1: And I can't even remember if Bean's ever traded down before in the draft.
0: He's a trade-up guy. I don't I don't think he has. I think he's, you know, a go-getter, you know?
1: He likes to be aggressive, I guess, in that aspect. He wants to go get his guys. You know, you got to respect that. So, maybe... Maybe we're talking about a lesson and it'll never happen. But, you know, it's fun to talk about. The second Bleacher Report we'll talk about is they talked about the Bills' worst draft pick in the last five years. I think this is interesting because the last five years of drafting, uh, Brent Bean was there for four of them. I guess, technically, if you want to be, like, specific, Doug Whaley was there for the fifth the year in 2017, with but McDermott was there, and that was really a McDermott-led draft. So, really, these are the I'm just going to say these are five years. We have five years of McBean picks, and the worst one they picked was A.J. Epinesa. What do you guys think of this? The, them selecting AJ as the worst pick of the last five years? Now, I, think, I think part of it also has to come in the fact of like it's a second-round pick. I'm not talking about like a fifth-round pick that yeah. can do anything.
2: Um, so the last five years, um. I mean, he's still only two years in his career, so he could still look at, you know, I'm going to make a reference to the Sabres here, look at Tage Thompson. You know, he was with the Sabres three years, did nothing really. Then this year he breaks out, and then plus you're bringing in a guy like Von Miller, who's going to be... Really good teacher for Epinassa and Rousseau. So, I mean, I guess you could say that, yeah, he's been the least productive so far, but just the way we've done our offensive line, or offensive line, defensive line in a rotation, you can't blame him.
0: Right. No, I absolutely agree. Um, I remember seeing that pick and kind of, you know, like Tremaine's back there, you know what I mean? Like thinking that, but Tremaine... Tremaine has not performed, in my my opinion, in the past few (laughs) years.
1: Tremaine's the worst pick. Tremaine's at least a two-time Pro Bowler. I don't know how it
0: happened. I think it was a scrub year for everyone that he even got into the Pro Bowl. We're talking about
1: the worst draft pick. Tremaine obviously turning into a two-time Pro Bowler in the center of a number one defense the single caller, is not a terrible pick, by any means.
0: Not a terrible pick, but I just it, don't. It's, I, it's, he has not performed well, I will say.
1: It's right to say he hasn't reached the potential we thought he would.
0: No. But when this, Lorenzo Alexander was leaving, we thought we were in excellent hands. And then... We still
1: are. They still have still a good linebacker But I don't think... I,
0: I, I don't I, think Appanessa was the worst pick. I'm going to just say that. I, I disagree I with
1: that, too, because I think Appanessa, at 54, was considered a steal at the time. Yeah. He obviously, he just hasn't... You know, we, he, we had this... He had that breakout game week two against Miami and
0: then just fell off the face of the earth. Yeah. Um, well, and- that happens sometimes. You know, we younger guys, when they have that breakout game, it, they don't really come back right away. You know, it's...
1: Well, the problem with AJ is the housing to see the field next year. Vaughn, you're going to assume, you know, Groot's going to take a jump. He was already kind of a starter. Boogie Basham's going to try and compete with him. Shaq Lawson.
0: Forgot about Boogie. Know,
1: yeah, you know, maybe they even add someone, maybe, late in the draft. I mean, I just... I find it hard for him to be better than... Three, DN3 at three this team. so, But, I mean, they do a good job of rotating guys in, so you never know. But I think easily the worst ones have to be either Zay Jones and Cody Ford. I don't understand how they went with Vanessa. M- yeah.
0: um
1: I mean, Zay, Zay yeah. Jones at least has made somewhat of a career out of himself after the Bills. So I'm Isn't gonna... he just an unrestricted free agent now? No, he signed with the Jags for $25. Oh, oh. The Jags with the Jags. Yeah. They um, over
2: still basically Christian a free. Turk?
1: I think it's easily Cody Ford because they traded up for him. They picked him over uh, Jenkins, who's the kind of guard tackle for the Packers, who I mm-hmm. don't think is an all-pro, but played an all-pro level. I think he might be a pro bowler. Like um, So if they were going to go offensive lineman, they should have went him, but if they were just going to go overall, they should have went A.J. Brown, who's one of the best wide receivers in the entire league. So the people that they had on the board, how Cody Ford has been god-awful, I think that is easily the worst. And it's also it was 38th overall, not 54th overall, FNASA, so... I find it a little questionable that they picked Epinesa as as the worst one. Uh,
0: yeah, me too. That's exactly what I was thinking. I I think Zay Jones is a worse pick than AJ Epinesa, absolutely.
1: You know, there's multiple misses by Bean, but I think, you know, it comes down to the fact that Bean has been very good at drafting, so it's hard to find misses in his drafts the last couple right. of years. Well
2: I mean look at the depth he's gotten in his drafts too. Like Milano was a, a fifth round pick. You have Taron Johnson was a late round pick. I mean even Levi Wallace was undrafted and he was a starter for a few years. Yeah. So he's able to find value in that. So maybe maybe missing on some of these other picks kinda of gets made up for later in the draft.
1: Absolutely They're trading seventh round pick for Ryan Bates. Yeah. You know, and you know, they also drafted Wyatt Y Teller that we're just not going to talk about because they trade him <laughs> for you know, magic beans and yeah, that didn't do anything. So mm-hmm. he's done a very good job drafting. He's going to probably continue to do a very good job drafting as this, as the bills of those two sabers get close to the salary cap where they have to start, you know, really emphasizing drafting while well they get cheap talent in the system. Cause they're going to start losing maybe a guy like Jermaine, you know, just poor, what would be the, the worst line. thing.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm just going to bat my eyes and roll on. So it's important for them to continue to draft well, and they have. I think, you know, them picking Appanessa out of like, you know, you scroll down the list and like the Cardinals have Rose and all that stuff. Like, yeah. a lot of teams have whiffed a lot, a yeah. lot more than, a lot more frequent than the Bills and a lot more like, yeah, harder than the Bills. So they've done a good job. It's exciting to see where this team is continuing to grow.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right. We will be back with more of the Buffalonian podcast right after this. Here at the Buffalonian Podcast, we are looking for sponsorships to take our podcast to the next level. If you would like your business to be mentioned in our podcast or product of any kind, please be sure to message us and we will be sure to incorporate it into the episode. Thank you for listening and enjoy the rest of the show.
2: All right, welcome back to the Buffalonian Pod. And now we're going to move forward with some Sabres talk. So we only got four games left in the season. Uh, What are you guys looking to see in these final four?
1: Uh, you know, I gotta say, like, it's kind of insane to me that there's only four games left in the season. You know, I know, you know, having season tickets, you know, I've been to a lot of more games than I think I've ever been in my life, but, you know, this team for the first time and I feel like forever is actually like generally exciting to like watch, 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 be there, watch them on TV. Like it generally like it's, it's actually kind of for the first time ever, kind of disappointing that their season's
0: ending soon. I know. I know. The fan experience is like no other this season. I, I think, you know. Yeah, R.J. Knight, Eichel's comeback night, the booze where he thinks we want him back for some reason. I still don't know why.
1: Exciting moments throughout the season. I mean, I could do without the bad bands that we've all witnessed at, oh. at the games, and maybe they could fix the acoustics and you know, yeah, bang, but. that'd be that'd be nice. Wouldn't complain too much about that.
0: Yeah, I'm sitting box for Bieber next month, man. It better be. It better. The acoustics have to be better, man. Good I, I'm telling you.
2: Lock. So. Just get back here. <laughs> you know, I don't want no beaver talking. You know. So, we see see some guys hit some milestones here. Oposo, he hits 20 goals. Darlene had 50 points. Olsen also hit 20 goals. Uh, career high for both Darlene and Olsen. Uh, we see Owen Power make his debut. Um, we just see Tage Thompson break 60. Uh, is Jeff Skinner going to break 60? You know, there's just a lot of, like, personal achievements that could be hit. And do you guys think, they're going to be hitting hit and what it means for these players finishing out the year and going into next year.
1: Well, I mean, Dahlen was the first defenseman since Gary Galley, who I don't even know who that is, in the 95-96 <laughs> season to have 50 points for the Sabres in defense. I mean, Brian Campbell never did it.
2: Yeah, and don't forget, he was also the first uh, defenseman to
1: get double-digit goals since Jordan Leopold. Didn't he have like 13 one year? He did. Yeah. I, it's, I, I, it's really crazy, like, those kind of statistics. But, you know, back to your point, uh, you know, with the... Th- I have three people that I think have very interesting, you know, milestones that they could achieve. I wanna see what you guys think from you know, the chances of these predictability of the chances of these happening. Thompson currently has thirty six goals. He needs four goals in four games to get to forty. Skinner has sixty po- close to sixty points, he has fifty-eight. He needs two points in four games. Cousins needs three points in four games to get to forty. So which one of those three do you think is like most likely to happen? Um I'm going to go with, um,
2: I'm thinking Skinner, because he's at 58, and he needs 60 points. So he's got, you know, he can score a goal and assist, two goals, two assists. Can I just say one thing? Chase Thompson scored more goals this year than he had career points coming into the season. It, I believe he had 35 points and 36 goals. That's unreal. So that, that would be the most unpredictable. I would not have bet Chase Thompson would be our leading goal scorer and leading point getter.
1: Well, I mean, he, I mean, I think someone said it best. If the NHL had the most improved award like the NBA does, he he might be named after after this season.
2: I think we could just all agree that um, Don Granato has been very good for our, our players here because you saw Jeff Skinner put up barely any points in playing fourth-line minutes, and now he's back to what we can see. He's partying
0: in the USA. A
2: 30-goal scorer, 60-point pace, maybe not worth that $9 million, but he's become an effective first-line winger again.
1: Absolutely. Joe, what do you think out of the three that I most... I mean, other than... You know what? That's, Skinner's probably the easiest one to do. Two points in four games. Yeah.
0: No, I would say they're all achievable. That's what I want to start out by saying. Thompson could definitely get, you know, get the points within the four games. and The four goals. Yeah. I mean, which would
1: be... Hard, it's hard to get a goal a game, but he's he's kind of been hot. And you got to think... Donny if they're winning the game and it's empty now he's going to have him out there trying to get to get kind of get a cheap one.
0: Right. Yeah, no. They're they're definitely going to he's going to Don Granado, excellent coach. He's going to do whatever he can to get them to hit these milestones. I mean, they're all doable. I would I would probably say Thompson because he's just had such a breakout year. I feel like he's going out without a bang or with a bang. Sorry. Mm. If but
1: I, if I had to rank the attainability of at these it's Go Skinner, Cousins, Thompson just cuz four goals in four games is hard, but I think all of them are going to do it. I really, truly believe. I, You know, I can't believe it's the first time ever in Kyle Posto's saber career he scored 20. That's kind of I know. Up.
0: I know. Unreal. Uh, that
1: was a, a fact. I mean, the Darlene fact. Olsen hitting 20 on a season that he was kind of injured. Uh, picked you, it up a lot to end the season. Hey, man, help in his trade value. Help, help in his trade R&D value. He wants
2: that uh, contract.
1: I know, help in his arbitration case, too. Exactly. And, you know, we talked about, you know, Donnie you know, putting Thompson to center and doing all this stuff. I love the fact that he put, you know, when power was coming up, we're like, okay, what are they going to do with Samuelson? Are they going to, like, put him to the bottom pair and just cast him aside? But no, he's playing up Darlene. The pair of Darlene and Samuelson have just absolutely dominated. And I think it's impressive to see that, you know, Darlene said it himself on the right side. You know, he thinks he has more offensive ability. So, I mean, that could be your future top-line pairing. So, make fun of me now. Come on. Get yeah, your at in. Just,
2: I'm just saying, I know we've already talked about this. I think it was one of his cold takes. But uh, sitting there at uh, Matias Samson's first development camp, and this guy sitting next to me, he was sitting next to me back then too. Oh, man, Jesus Samson's a bust. Such a bust. What a terrible pick.
0: You know who is a bust? Rosa.
2: We didn't draft
1: Rosa. We
0: didn't, but he's gone. Should be gone.
1: You need to get a shirt of, I hate Truman Edmonds, I hate Vinny
0: Rosa. Yep, those been... are my takes. I'll stick with them no matter if they're hot or cold. I hate Hendostron and Edmonds.
1: But wow. I, you know what? What is the future of this decor? Because obviously we see it with Daly and Samuelson. You know, power and Yuki Haryu. I've I've been on record to say that Yuki Haryu has been an incredibly disappointing this season. It's been nice to see these four games him elevating his play of power. Um, but I would still like for them to add a top short top shot, right shot defenseman to play with power. Drop Yoki Haru to the bottom pair. Which I think he'll be good at. You know they will probably retain Bryson. He's an RFA. Kind of run with that. Hopefully Ryan Johnson signs. He'll be probably be in Rochester. Maybe in a year. You know Ryan Johnson's with Yoki Haru in that third pair. And then you have power, top shot, uh, top four right shot defenseman, and then Darling and Samuelson. I mean that that's a pretty good top six. for I mean, Fitzgerald maybe being the seventh. Yeah.
2: So go back to Yoki Haru saying his season wasn't all that great. Maybe, you know, we've seen Ompower's very small sample size, but he's been pretty good defensively, and just his overall game he has been pretty good. I mean, there's been moments you could tell, you know, he had some welcome to the NHL moments. Teresicle. Yeah,
1: but Ooh,
2: um, overall he's been good. So I think that's been a little bit of a confidence booster for Yoki Haru because Yoki Haryu is still a young defenseman in this league. So maybe he sees that I can kind of be this mentor for him, so this is going to give me confidence to boost my game, because I'm playing with such, a, you know, a hot prospect here. Um, I do agree that we need a another right shot defenseman. I think we should bring back uh, Mark Pesek on like a one year deal or something, just because I think he's a stable defenseman that could be that third pairing or seventh D man, uh, and it'd be pretty pretty cheap to bring him back. And plus, he'd be a good leader, veteran, veteran presence.
1: I think he'd be the perfect seventh. You put Casey Fitzgerald, make him play top line pair minutes in the AHL. Hopefully, Johnson. You know, I think that would. Have Bryson still be with Yoki Haru. And as you said, Ed, I think that'd be a perfect perfect situation for them. And all I'm saying, you know, you know who's getting healthy scratch right now? Colin Miller, the guy that, you know, Kevin Adams refused to trade and said it was because culture. The dude isn't even playing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean,. <laughs>
2: He he said he didn't want to get fleeced, but I mean like at what point would you just take anything you can get if you know the guy's going to be gone?
1: I think that's honestly if you look at the defense is actually what's kind of scary is the fact of like there's definitely a need for them to add another top four defenseman because you know while this you know it's a four game sample size, I think you need to continue to add veteran talent, you know like a Gudaz from the Panthers because they're going to be caps so if he's very good. Don't give me that eye roll. Right, you know Severson does, for the Devils, he might he be a able- to... hit. He might be a little expensive because, you know, he's on a one-year deal and he might want a big payday, but I think it shows that they still need talent, and it's kind of, you know, with the inability to trade Miller, and inability to trade Henestrosa, the trade deadline, you got to wonder, you know, is Adams going to kind of pull your favorite GM of all time at Darcy and kind of set his hands a little bit? You know, we'll see. I mean, he was a little proactive with the trade of Risto and Reinhardt when and then, obviously, you know, the Eichel trade is turning around, but, you know, back-to-back deadlines are where I feel like he kind of yeah, sat on his UFA's instead of you know getting getting market value for them. Yeah, I mean,
2: like I guess you can't blame him that he doesn't want to show all the other general managers in the league that he's just so desperate to make a trade. Like he's just gonna take whatever he can get. Like look at the Eichel situation where he held out for. I mean, a lot of a lot of um, Buffalo fans, including myself, were kind of just like, "All right, we gotta make a trade here. You can't just keep sitting on him." But you know what? He held it in and. He got a pretty, looking back, he got a pretty good return because Alex Tuck's a top liner. Peyton Krabs is going to be a good middle six. And then, (laughs) as of right now, that first-round pick might be a lottery pick.
1: Well, I think the question has to be is that he's done a good job of selling Michael, Reinhardt, and Ristlinen. But this is, like, the first time ever that he's, you know, I can't think of an example off the top of my head of like a guy that he had to trade assets for that's legitimately like either a top six forward, yeah. a top goaltender, a top four defenseman. He's never done that before. I mean, Will Butcher is like the, the one guy that's keep popping in my mind, the guy they trade. But
2: he, hey, give Kevin Adams credit for those future considerations.
1: Will Butcher, Malcolm Subban, come on. I just don't even know what future considerations are. I don't think we'll, it'll ever, be like, we'll, we'll it'll, never know.
2: It'll be 20 years down the line, and we'll have to give him, like, a seventh-round draft pick. Or a
1: conditional seventh-round <laughs> pick. This is exactly.
0: A, yeah. All right. We'll be back with more of the Buffalonian Podcast right after this. Here at the Buffalonian Podcast, we are looking for sponsorships to take our podcast to the next level. If you would like your business to be mentioned in our podcast or product of any kind, please be sure to message us, and we will be sure to incorporate it into the episode. Thank you for listening and enjoy the rest of the show.
2: All right, welcome back to the Buffalonian Pod. And now we're going to move forward with our world topic. And this week, it's about the upcoming heavyweight title fight between Tyson Fury and Dylan White. Guys, I don't know.
0: How much you are invested into this,
2: but what do you guys just initial thoughts about what might happen here?
0: Um, is Rocky Balboa the opening fight or what's going Unfortunately
1: on? Unfortunately, not. <laughs> yeah, who would win the fight, Rocky or Tyson Fury? And one's the Gypsy King, the other one's the Italian Salem, just by nickname alone. I feel like <laughs> the
0: Italian Salem's <laughs> got some edge, yeah. I mean, 22 knockouts, very impressive. 31 0 and 1. Um, 19 knockouts, also very impressive. I mean, it, it I feel like it goes either way. I mean, what do, you, what, do you, what do you think, Mike?
2: You know, you, you got to look at it like this. So Tyson Fury is coming off three straight fights, Deontay Wilder, where the first one, uh, Wilder got saved in that fight because he dropped Fury twice. If he didn't do that, that was a big L for Wilder. And then the second fight and the third fight, Fury just showed that he's a far superior boxer compared to Deontay Wilder, who only has a right um, punch all he's got
1: you know last time I checked though he's not fighting Deontay Wilder you know he's fighting Dylan Dylan Wright and you know maybe he deserves some respect you know maybe we should talk about him instead of you know the (laughs) Wilder who who is that guy
2: (laughs) no I'm just saying for what Tyson Fury has here so those fights were really hyped up I think for the most part people are going to think that Fury's going to get this one so then if he does get this fight then you look well Usyk and Joshua are fighting in the summer and that was supposed to be the big fight, Fury and Joshua. And then Usyk ends up taking out Joshua for his belts. So they got to do another fight. And then Wilder had to come in with his trilogy fight with Fury. And it was just a mess. So they all had to get these these fights in.
0: Will Jake Paul be fighting? I hope not.
1: I hope not either.
2: He, that's a joke.
1: My one legit boxing question, and I'm being 100% serious here. I mean, Fury has an 85-inch reach. White has a 78-inch reach. I mean, how big of a factor would... Is that set the seven-inch difference between the reaches? Well,
2: you got to think about it. For that, Fury will be able to stay back and take and give out his hits, while White won't even be able to get there. White's gonna have to get in on the body and try. Go up and down stairs. Plus, he's shorter. You know, Fury six-nine, White six-four. So, plus he's gonna be shorter. Fury's gonna have it where his arm comes more towards you know the head and all that, while White's gonna be more punching up. That's gonna be more difficult for him. But um. There's also that speculation that maybe this is it for Fury. That maybe after this fight, he's done.
1: Who would get his belt done if he, won, if he went and retired?
2: If he were to retire, it would just be...
1: A for mm-hmm.
2: They'd have to fight for it.
1: My next question is, you know, Fury holds WBC belt. Obviously, Usyk has the other three belts. Like, what 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 is the difference between these belts? Like, what is there not just one unified belt?
2: Well, see, it hasn't always been like that. Over time, there's been more belts that have come out. Um, I think I believe the last person to have all four belts at once was Lennox Lewis in the early two thousands, and when he I think he was stripped of them or he retired, something of that. They all go up for grabs, and they're all different fights and everything. They're just different organizations, different um, championships to hold. So it's not just one uh, belt that you get, and it's just all the boxers in the world get that one belt.
1: Well, I, I just think it's I, I just think you as, as a you know. I don't watch boxing at all, but, I mean, Tyson Fury is like 31-0-1. Like, how does he not have all four belts? Like, well, like just like, like, how many fights do you need to beat get it, all four it, belts? It
2: really just depends on who you fight, because Joshua had those other belts for a little bit there before he lost him to Usyk. And that's why the fight was supposed to be Fury and Usyk, to unify the belts. But then came in, I think there was some legal stuff where Joshua had to fight Usyk again, and then wow, Wilder wanted to fight Fury again, so they let that happen. And now Fury's fighting White while this Usyk and Joshua fight happens the second time. And then, obviously, the winner of Fury and White will get a shot at the winner of um, Joshua and Usyk just to unify the belts.
1: So you're telling me that there's a possibility that Fury wins this fight, he fights the winner of the Joshua-Usyk fight, gets all four belts, and just then calls it and quits. In the I could
2: honestly see it even happening after this fight.
1: But that would happen... Ball. What would happen to the four belts? Would there just be like one fight between like two, the top two heavy rates for all four belts? Or would they uh, be split up?
2: They'd probably be split up again for different um, fights and everything. Because they're not just going to have all four belts up for grabs at once. This is why boxing's a dying sport. I wouldn't say it's a dying sport. Uh, I, uh, I
0: don't know if I would say dying. It's, I would the man's say... about to
2: sell out Wembley Stadium.
1: It's, it's a dying sport. UFC is overtaken. No. It's like, no, I think it's, you, like you mean WrestleMania? wwe raw
0: raw raw possibly the sport that is purely for entertainment it's all that has no physicality it's It's all all script script. yeah well there is physicality no doubt the the stuff they have to do but nothing like boxing or ufc that's for sure no um
2: but yeah so i don't know what you guys think let us know who you think is going to win this fight and what's next for him And uh, we will continue forward with our big debate topic. So we'll be right back after this.
0: Here at the Buffalonian Podcast, we are looking for sponsorships to take our podcast to the next level. If you would like your business to be mentioned in our podcast or product of any kind, please be sure to message us and we will be sure to incorporate it into the episode.
1: Welcome back. Another debate, another week. This week, we are ranking our top five quarterbacks in the AFC. And this time, it's not going to be one-on-one. It's gonna be a free for all. All three people. It's three way action. Let's go. Yep. Excited to be here. He's just here so he doesn't get fined. Just excited to be included. You, you love the energy. And with with that being said, uh, I guess I'll start with a couple honorable mentions that I don't have on my list. Uh, I do not have Russell Wilson or Lamar Jackson on my list. I have five other quarterbacks in them. I don't think they're part of the top five in the AFC.
2: Okay. What are your top five?
1: Well, I'll, I'll start. From, we'll start, each of us should start with five. Okay. Let's talk about it. So number number five for me is uh, Joe Burrow. All right. Why do you think he's number five? Um, because I think the well, I I think the quarterbacks that have him are better. But I think you know he's better than Wilson Jackson because I think leading a team to a Super Bowl does matter. I mean, he's shown that veteran leadership. Well, I know he's now just going to his third season, but he acts like he's already like thirty. You know, he's a thirty year old. So I think that's a very good asset to have. He
2: is an older. Rookie, he was already 23, turning 24. Yeah, years.
1: absolutely, and you know he came back from that terrible, you know, knee injury. I guess you know there are some questions for me how durable he's going to be. I know scrambling is kind of a big part of his game, and he he doesn't have you know the big arm that the Herbert, Allen, and Mahomes have, so I think that could be a problem for him, and that's why he's a little bit lower on my list as well, just because of the natural talent. But he's definitely shown that he's out there. I mean, PFF had him as the highest grade ASC quarterback last year. I think he was second overall behind, uh, Tom Brady. So. You know, he led his team to the Super Bowl. I think he's deserving of being a top five quarterback in the I don't agree with people saying that he should be top three or top, you know, better than Allen, better than Mahomes. I don't think he's better than those guys. I think those guys have a higher ceiling than Burrow in a in a game like we saw in the divisional round with Allen Mahomes. So, I mean, where does where your list starts off for you guys, Joe?
0: Um, Mine's Burrow, number five, right above um, Lamar Jackson, who I think is an absolute fraud, but that's besides the point. Lamar's
1: six for you. Yeah. Yeah, same for me, Lamar six. For yeah, me. Bur- Burrow's
0: five for pretty much a lot of the same things you said. You know, he, he he's up there. He took his team to a Super Bowl, you know, and it was the, if you want to make a comparison, it was the um, St. Peter's of the AFC at that point. No one was expecting the Cincinnati Bengals to, make that run. It was, oh, the Bills, the Chiefs, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, the, Titans. That's definitely, the Titans. Definitely
1: a, definitely a fluke run. Definitely, right. We don't know if they're going to get back.
0: And he sh- he kept this cool, Joe Shiesty, you know what I mean? Like, he, he held it together when he needed to. And that, I think, puts him at number five. But I don't think he moves up past that just because of how young he is and how much more he has to do. And I do agree with you when you say the higher ceilings of other players do restrict his placement on this list.
2: Yeah, so... Uh, I think we're all in agreement here that Lamar just misses
0: the
1: cut. I, I think it's because last season he struggled with the blitz and started throwing balls up, and he also was injured.
2: Yeah,
1: But, I mean, his team was 8-3 when he was healthy, so I think that does – I think Lamar actually are the people, not on my list, has the ability to jump. I think maybe he's all the way to the top three, um, in my opinion, if he has another one of those uh, MVP-type years and carries. No, I think he's maybe. fraudulent.
0: I don't think he makes it up past top top six.
1: You know, we, we, we shall see. Who's your who's your fifth? I so feel like you're different from me, us. for me, it's
2: someone that's brand new to their team, actually brand new to the conference this year, uh, Russ Wilson. I think he's in a cook in Denver. You know, you've seen over the years how effective he was in Seattle. You know, he, he won a Super Bowl young. Uh, he went to back-to-back Super Bowls. And, you know, he probably would have had two rings if they'd only handed the ball to Lynch instead of uh, throwing the ball. But, beside the point, he brings that veteran leadership. Like you were saying, the Burrow's developing. Russ has already
1: got it. And
2: Seattle's been. Is he? Too.
1: Does he have good leadership? Did you see what happened in Seattle? All that dysfunction that was happening. Well, the, the fake, the fake Sunday night football, the fake like huddle. That's cringy. That wasn't good leadership. He doesn't provide good leadership. I, I think Russ Wilson's leadership, like with Joe's uh, take on Lamar Jackson before. I think Russ Wilson's a fraud leader. I think he's a bad leader. I think he's Jack Eichel. Wow. Whoa, yeah, whoa, wow. whoa! That's hey. why he's number seven. On my, I think he's fraudulent. Wow. I don't think he's the same player ever since A.J. Klein smack pancaked him uh, in midway through last season when everyone was like, Russ cook, cook, let Russ Cook, no MVP votes. Well, there's a reason why. It's because you suck in the second half of the year. Whoa. He sucked last year. He wasn't good in the second half of last, the previous year. I don't even know. I don't know why we're having this debate that he's top five. He's not even close. He, he, I, he might even. Like, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm putting him in number five. Because he's not even. He might be the worst quarterback in his. I think Derek Carr. I would probably
0: have than Russell Wilson. You
1: put Derek Carr or Russell Wilson.
0: Yes, that is that is one of the but hottest takes I've at heard.
1: Seven in the AFC. Yeah, for so one game, it? I think I would rather have Derek Carr than Russell Wilson. Um, he
0: edged out Justin Herbert, who's a better quarterback than he is. I don't. I. I think Russell Wilson would have won that game. Fine. With a good I don't, team.
2: I
1: don't agree. So. I think
2: Russell Wilson has shown that he can
1: carry a team. On his I back. think if you want a season, you take Russell. But I think if you want a game, I think I would rather have Carr. So that's what would what you I rather have,
0: a season or a game?
1: I think I'd rather have a season. I'd rather have a season. Well, I'd rather have a season too, but I think Derek Carr is a better quarterback in a game situation than,
0: you know, I think he's come through. You have to remember, though, Russell Wilson messed his tendon up in his throwing hand. It, it, he was not yeah, the same I, I thing.
1: I can't stop watching the, the recovery videos he was showing. Who cares, man? Hey, this guy's just a big My God. I'm not, I, listen, I'm anti Denver. Denver, for the past three years, have been saying we get the best roster. All we need is a quarterback. All we need is this. Oh, it's our breakout. you Drew Locke. Oh, Teddy Bridgewater. It's been the same stuff for the repeated cycle. It's going to continue to happen this year. They're going to finish. I think they could finish. They're going to finish third in that division.
2: Well, look what they did when they got Peyton Manning.
1: Yeah. they ended up winning the Super Bowl. Russell Miller. Don't disrespect Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning was not an integral
0: part of that offense that second Super Bowl they went to. Absolutely, because he was 39 years old. Exactly. The defense won that game. But, listen, talking about Russell Wilson, that leads me into my number four, which is Russell Wilson.
1: Oh my gosh. I put
0: Russell Wilson over Joe Burrow. What is going on right now? I do agree with you. Joe Burrow has taken that. He's still too young, in my opinion, to be that veteran leadership, I don't, uh, he's, he's only, he's you going to no year three.
1: In that Cincinnati locker room?
0: Okay. Leadership. Okay. I would not say veteran yet because he's only in, he's going into year three, but there's no doubt he's Russell Wilson's 33 years old, right? He's not who the quarterback he was at, you know, in his prime necessarily. Does that mean he doesn't deserve a top five spot? No, I think you put a good system around him Seattle has not had a good system since the last time they went to that Super Bowl. Every piece is gone. Bobby Wagner's gone. Russell Wilson's gone. The last two pieces. His defense
2: was bad in Seattle. His offensive line was bad in Seattle. They
0: basically, Seattle asked him to do everything, and he couldn't.
2: Denver's a much more well-rounded team than Seattle has been. You put
0: Russell Wilson in Denver, you have a whole different offense, in my opinion. Is any
1: of those wide receivers as good as DK Metcalf? Any of those right receivers? Collectively, I think D.K. Uh, any D.K. Metcalf is a little overhyped.
0: Uh, d- any of those wide right receivers better than Tyler Lockett. As a unit, all of them working together. Better than one guy? Yeah. Who, can you even I don't name think right receivers? one receivers? No, I can't. Yeah. Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton,
1: <laughs> saw... Tim Patrick. B- you can't stay healthy, Jerry Judy. Can't catch the football, Jerry Judy.
0: He's a nine time pro bowler. How many drops did DK Metcalf have?
1: I don't know. I don't have the numbers in front of me. I'm just saying he likes to drop the ball too. Yeah, Jerry Judy he, jumped three balls. DK Metcalf, you
2: know, you could give him the credit for the effort play stopping Buda Baker, but if I recall, there was also another play where he lost the ball right before the end zone for a touchdown.
0: Mhm. Listen. But back to Russell, that that sour taste in Seattle, the the offense wasn't lining the offense or defense was not lining up with Pete Carroll's vision anymore. Like it was clicking back when they were in Super Bowls. But, I mean, you can't argue. He's a nine-time Pro Bowler. He knows how to win a game when no it No doubt
1: his stats or his accolades are there because he's been in the league for so long. But we're talking about this season. I'm not talking about the nine seasons he was a Pro I don't Bowler. think it's
0: fair to compare this past season because... He
1: was injured. Okay, injured. Yeah, I can compare 2020, though. 2020- he was
0: better than... Joe Burrow was injured, wasn't he? Joe Burrow had a- his knee. Exactly. So you them. can't really compare either of them.
1: I could totally compare Joe Burrow. Joe Burt just let his team to the Super Bowl. He has to beat Patrick Mahomes in the or Super Bowl. Russell Wilson did the same thing
2: in the second year, but he won it.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, Russell
2: Wilson and at home. Back to when did Bowl? Russell
0: Wilson
1: win on the road in the Super Bowl? What do you mean? He never won on the road in that Super Bowl run. They beat Denver. Yeah, in a they neutral had a, they, had field. A tough, they had a good game
2: against, that was your, That was San Francisco.
0: Yeah. And Crabtree and Okay. Sherman.
1: Yeah, that's... Colin Kaepernick and
0: Patrick Mahomes really comparing those two quarterbacks? Really? Listen, Colin Kaepernick's apparently still training, per Shifty Schefter, Okay. Listen,
1: I just think Russell Wilson is in the tier of Derek Carr and Matt Ryan, and maybe even Tannehill. I think he's in. I think he's past the prime. I think he's peachy in video games. I think he's past the prime. I don't know. I think I, Joe Burrow's think he's in that fine. group. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Number four for me is Herbert, and I have Herbert over Burrow. And the reason why I have Herbert over Burrow is I've talked about the higher ceiling. Herbert has set all kinds of records his first two years. It's not his fault that he hasn't made the playoffs because his coaching has been absolute cheeks. Did anyone watch that Sunday Night Football game against the Raiders that last game? Yes,
0: I mean. Yes, my brother being a since uh Chargers fan, uh, the fourth down king is Justin Herbert's new yes. nickname.
1: I mean he just do rockets, and you know I just think his team's gonna get better. I think this. I think this is the year that you know the Chargers finally. Get some consistency to their their game, and they're going to make the playoffs. And I think they're going to make some noise. And I, I know, I again Herbert in a in a game, would you rather have Herbert or Burrow? I would take Herbert because I think Herbert has the higher upside, and could out duel uh, Burrow if they both have their A game.
2: Yeah. So my number four is also Justin Herbert. I like the direction they're going. It's going to be interesting to see because that's going to be that division is like the Wild West. It's going to be a fight to the finish. We're going to see if he could step up. And lead his team to the playoffs. With all those pieces that they added
1: on defense, can he get the offense rolling? Wait. If you have you have Wilson 5, Bar- Herbert 4, who do you have 3?
2: Uh, a guy named Just Burrow.
1: Oh, you think Burrow's over Herbert?
2: I do. I do. I mean, how? So, this is it. You guys mentioned how... He takes the team to a Super Bowl, a team that no one thought was making the Super Bowl, a team that no one even thought was Fluke. making the playoffs. But it was fl- I mean it was somewhat fluky. Weren't you you were just defending Joe Burrow. I'm
1: defending Joe Burrow, that yes, it was impressive that he went the Super Bowl, but it's also I two, think- two things can be right. It was impressive that he kept his poise on the road in multiple situations when he got sacked nine times in Tennessee, and he had outdoable homes in the second half. But you could also agree that it was incredibly fluky. Tannehill was, was terrible. And Mahomes and the Chiefs fell apart. Two things can be right at once. You could be impressed with Joe Burrow's poise and his ability to lead that team to Super Bowl, a te- Super Bowl that was definitely winnable for them. But at the same time, you could also think, "Mmm, that's kind of fluky. That that might not happen again for them."
2: I think overcoming the knee injury the way he did, with it being such a serious knee injury, is one thing. Coming back and arguably being better than the year before, when you think, "Oh, he's coming back from knee injury. He's going to be um, a little slow coming back. You know, he might be afraid to take some hits." That offensive line really didn't get much better. They didn't really add anybody to that offensive line. So, and then even the team just around, like, they don't have any big-time people. Yeah, they bring in Jamar Chase's buddy from LSU. That made a difference. But it's still, you know, the team just around him wasn't star-studded. So for him to elevate the people around him and they go on a run, he got hot at the right time, and he was pretty calm in some big moments.
1: So... Who's A game would you rather have Justin Herbert's or Joe Burroughs?
2: I think you can't openly tell me it's
0: Burrow. Joe Burrow. You can't openly tell me it's Joe Burrow. I
2: think I would say Joe Burrow.
0: No, I I uh Herbert's my number three, by the way, for mm-hmm. pretty much all the, the reasons that you were talking about for him being uh he's my prime time I need a quarterback and a pinch to win go down and win a game. Thank you. That's Justin Herbert. I, I think Joe Burrow honestly, I look at Joe Burrow and do I see Honestly, I know this is going to sound like a hot take at first. Just let me explain. It's like a young Tom Brady in the pocket because he doesn't really have that rush factor like Allen and Mahomes or Herbert, even. He runs. He's a pocket quarterback who, in my opinion, why he's so low on my list, pocket quarterbacks are kind of a dying breed going out of style, if you will. Yeah. They're, you need that quarterback that can think on the fly and take off. You know what I mean? Like,
1: I think Burrow does possess that ability. But this is this is my thing. I think Burrow... I'll mix both of your points. I think Burrow has the ability to have good pocket presence and extend plays. He's not a runner, but he can yeah. extend plays. I think the thing of Burrow is, is, I think he's getting overrated off the Super Run just a bit. I think he's better oh. than Wilson and all those quarterbacks, but yeah. it's hard for me to put him over Herbert because I think if Joe, Joe Burrow, say, loses that Tennessee game in the divisional round, there's no way anyone has... Joe Burrow ahead of Justin Herbert, but the fact that he won those games, and credit to him, you know... He won the games. He won the games, but, you know, not all wins are created equal, not you know, it's not Justin Herbert's fault that he's had bad coaching, so I think if Justin Herbert, you know, gets consistent coaching, his team stays consistent, I think they're, you know, the Chiefs, I think maybe even taking a dip back, I think they could win the division, and, you know, in a playoff game, would you rather have Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow? I mean, just simple as that. I don't think, I think people saying Burrow are only taking him because he's cool, and he won playoff games... But it's not Herbert's fault he hasn't been in a playoff game. We saw Herbert in a big spot. I mean, how many fourth downs did he complete?
0: I know. I think it was four? Something like something that. Something like that.
1: I mean, he threw like 20, 20, 20 passes in the last like five minutes of that game. Absolutely yeah.
0: miraculous. Yeah. First, second, third down, all whiffs. Like, no shot. Fourth down converted every time. Man, baby. the most electric game I've ever seen. But.
1: I have to say, though, we, we've all gotten. I have someone on, on my list that no one has on their list. And my number three player is Deshaun Watson.
0: Now, mm, I am just going to mm, say this right mm. now. In uh, uh, sexual assault allegations? Maybe. Maybe I'll agree with that. But, I mean.
2: For not playing an entire year?
1: Number I, three? Listen, I'm not here. To, this dude is obviously a bad dude. I'm not here to debate what kind of person he is. I'm here to debate the football player, the talent he has. We talked about Allen Mahomes. This guy deserves to be close to that same tier. I I don't put him in the same tier because he had the year off. But the last year he played, he had a higher PFF grade than Josh did. That's fact. Uh, He led the league in passing. He had practice squad wide receivers and a terrible offensive line in Houston in a terrible situation just in general. I mean, can you even name name the second wide receiver on Houston in 2020?
2: 2020, they had what? Will Fuller as number
1: one. Nope. No? no. Where was Will Fuller? I don't, he was suspended or whatever. Did he suspend at the end of the year? I don't think he was playing.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't remember. I I, he, I couldn't tell you. The, the number Houston one wide was receivers. Brandon
1: Cooks. The number two was Randall Cobb.
0: Oh, that's right, Randall.
1: I mean, this team he around him was terrible. He led the league in passing. I think now with a good offensive line in Cleveland, Amari Cooper, they're probably going to add a first round wide receiver. They're going to have a good running game. You know, obviously, I think he's going to get suspended because I think he should. Obviously, the league is going to suspend him. He's a bad dude. But the fact is, this guy. You know, yeah. What's up?
2: So Will Fuller did play in Houston in 2020, and he had his career highs in receptions, receiving yards, and touchdowns in 11 games. Got 11 suspended games at the end of the year. That's what. So it was. he was there for the majority of the
1: season. Okay, that's my bad. But at the same time, I don't think Will Fuller is you know a hot commodity now. Randall Cobb's not a hot commodity. Brandon Cooks is the only one that's Randall relevant. Randall Cobb
2: is Aaron Rodgers' buddy. That's it. Yeah. And how many?
1: I, my it. point is this: Deshaun Watson has proved is more proven than the other two quarterbacks on my list. I think he'll get back to the form he was, and I think he's close to Mahomes and Allen tier. So I think he deserves to be on people's list. I don't know why he's not on anyone's. I don't know why he wasn't on your two's you know list. I don't know why Wilson, I do not Wilson. Uh, just full the full fact full that year. he hasn't
0: he didn't play last year. I I, I mean until I see him play in the AFC. But then you put Wilson and Wilson hasn't played with Denver. Still, he Watson played last played season.
1: Yeah, well, I know Watson's playing in Cleveland, but you he didn't play last year. And he's a year out of but football in a completely new team. Yeah, mm-hmm. but Wilson had an injury-prone season. We don't know if he's ever going to re- recover from that He looked injury.
0: he looked okay at the end of the season. No, though. He was no. The hand was definitely back by the end of the season. Yeah,
1: he still wasn't that good. I mean, it just comes down to the fact that I think Deshaun Watson will prove to everyone, you know, Beware, and that's why I want the Cleveland game to be within the first couple of games of the year because I think I think Deshaun Watson is going to make a point to the league that he's back. No, I, sh- I, I still think he's league, a scumbag, no matter he's what. He's a scumbag, so. no doubt about it. But we're not here to debate that. Okay, last part about this intense debate: the top two. I think everyone has Allen Mahomes in some capacity.
0: I actually have Baker Mayfield.
1: <sighs> yeah, I Wait, now do
2: you guys know? put in McCorkle?
0: Oh, man. Two, yeah, huh? Mac. Yeah, Mac. Jump, Big Mac. Yeah, the best quarterback in the AFC. He only takes AFC times to beat
1: the Bills. Come on.
0: Mac no, Jones. the entire conference. Turn it up. Mac Jones. Oh, yep, better than Rodgers. Yep. Brady. Okay.
1: A little yeah. sidetrack there, but I have it as a tie. I know that's kind of cowardly. Uh, oh, that's. But I think you know. For a
0: Buffalonian, that's that is. I have I'm it sorry. As a tie. Pardon my French here. Stupid. Okay, okay. I
1: have it as a tie, but I would say this, and I guess maybe this is like, who deserves one A and who deserves one B. I would say I would probably take Allen in the game, so I guess maybe that gives them the slight edge. But I, I don't know. I just think th- I just think they're both so talented. We both saw what they could do in that divisional playoff game. Do I think Allen deserved to win more? Yeah, but I think we both saw that you know if Mahomes A plus game and Allen's A plus game, they're they're equal to each other. I don't think. One necessarily completely outplayed the other, or, or vice versa. So, I I think it's a tie. I think you have to take in the matter of the fact that Mahomes, you know, they've played four times, and Mahomes has a three and one record against Allen. I would say, you know, two of those games Allen outplayed Mahomes, and two of those games Mahomes outplayed Allen. Both, you know, in, for yeah. Years. So I, I th- mean, I think I think it's close. I think biasly, I would completely. I understand people say you know, from the Buffalo perspective, oh, it's obviously Allen, but I don't, I think they're in this, I think they're in a tier by themselves, and you could pick either one, I think you would have very similar success to your team.
0: So, my number two is Mahomes, one is Allen, and I know you said from the Buffalonian bias, you know, everyone's going to pick Allen, but my thought is if you look at progression from, like, Mahomes came in and he was... A superstar, right? After sitting behind Alex Smith for one year. After sitting behind Alex Smith for one year. Allen was thrown into the ringer right away after a Nate Peterman screw-up in the first game. And I think there's a difference there behind watching a decent, semi-decent, after coming back from that injury, you know, um, quarterback play, versus getting tossed right into the entire NFL. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I think they were brought up in different ways, but I think Allen's ceiling is above his a little bit. And you see that just, you know, comes into the league. 52% completion percentage, or percentage drafted with that. And what's he at now? 60... Mid-60s. Mid-60s, 68, I think. Something around
1: there. I think, again, it's, it's incredibly close. I think it was important for Allen this year um obviously last year he proved that he was a lead quarterback this year he backed it up plus i don't think he played particularly well other than the Indianapolis game in the 2020 playoffs so i think it was important for him against the patriots and Chiefs this year to play well in those games and kind of get rid of that narrative and i think he did that so you know it, it, it's close i think you know i would probably say it's allen 1a mahomes 1b but um, mm-hmm. i don't think it's just i think those are the obviously top two i don't think you know, I think Watson, as I've said, has the opportunity to get there, and I think Herbert and Burrow, and you know Jackson, are tier below those three quarterbacks.
2: Yeah, I mean, I agree with Joe. I'm taking Allen over Mahomes. Maybe it's the bias, but I think just the way Allen's played, there's been so many games where he's just put the team on his back. The team has not looked good. Look at the Tampa game this year.
0: Right. They did right. not
2: play well in that game. That first like, you half. You know what, guys? You know what, guys? I got it. I got it from here. He brought that team back. Yeah. He brought it overtime. I mean, we ended up losing, but mm-hmm. Allen showed that he can go toe-to-toe with anybody in There's league. a
0: difference between a loss, like that one, and a loss. Like, yeah. that was, in my my opinion, I know it didn't show on the record. That was a, a team win right there. They yeah. came back from hell and back. You know, like, that was it. And
2: then also, I need to add, that divisional round game would have gone a lot different if the Bills didn't play off coverage those last two plays.
0: Yeah, prevent defense? Yeah. Yeah, it's a great idea, Leslie Frazier. That's if why you're not a head coach. We have played
2: better, you know, tighter defense. We could have gotten stops. I mm-hmm.
0: mean,
2: and then Allen- penalties to
0: draw he, the clock a little bit. he
2: wins the duel. And plus, you know, this is also going to be a biased take. He didn't get that shot in overtime either mm-hmm. to go back and score. So, anybody, any team, Bills or Chiefs, whoever was getting that ball first in overtime was scoring a touchdown.
0: Both defenses, they were not stopping. No. Whoever team.
2: got
1: the ball was getting a touchdown. hmm I just think it comes down to, in the, you know, this a loaded and intense debate because the AFC has very top-end quarterbacks. Oh, yeah. And I think it comes it's down to... It's a little to, scary, actually. Uh, <laughs> it comes down to me that I think the top six on my list have a chance, I think any of them have a chance of beating each other. Yeah. That, you know, if they play well. I don't count Wilson because I don't think Wilson's, you know, I think Wilson's in the Derek Carrs of the world. I, don't, I think he's overrated. But I think it comes down to the fact, you know, the Bills, you know, and they play a lot of these quarterbacks. They play Watson, they play Mahomes, they play Burrow, they play Jackson. I mean, they you know, they, they play elite quarterbacks this year. And, you know, they got to be paired. But, you know, this has been an interesting debate. You know, a little longer than I think uh, we expected. But we appreciate you guys uh, hanging in there and listening to us. And we got some intense trivia coming up.
0: Yeah. And let us know what you guys think. Any takes that you disagree with, feel free to message us. And uh, we'll be right back after this. Do you guys want to influence our debates? Feel free to message us on Instagram or Facebook and let us know. We'll be sure to feature your topics or suggestions in upcoming episodes of the podcast. Thank you everyone for listening. We appreciate it. Thank you. Alright, welcome back to the Buffaloing Pod. Same way we wrap up every show with some trivia.
2: Um recently I think I've stuffed them a little bit. Right? Yeah,
1: they've been
0: they've been a little tough, yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, we'll do a little bit of rapid fire today. There'll be a little bit quick segment here. So, first one, first shutout in Sabres history, who got it? Who? Who got the
1: shutout? Donald's. Edwards. No. Dude, I'm not going to get
0: this. Do you think Joe's going to get it? We'll give one guess. Ryan Miller. Ryan Miller! <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, went for it, I have no idea. It would be uh, Roger Crozier,
2: December 6th, 1970.
1: You know, Against I, I do this. Minnesota, this, 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 this is a podcast in 2022, where listeners are probably our age. No one. This heard... is
2: history. This is lore.
0: Sabers lore. Everyone, everyone knows yeah. the Sabers lore. What? Were they sucked for like 30 years or whatever? Like
2: Sabers were actually a consistently good hockey team until the last 10 years. Exactly. Okay. Number two, Buffalo Bills. Who was the first receiver? Because
1: what is up all this first those? stuff?
2: Who is the first receiver in Bill's history to get back to back one thousand yard receiving seasons?
0: You wanna hear this one? You wanna hear this? This is a great one. Zay Jones. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Andre Reed? No. We're talking back way, back. way, way back. How, how
1: close how, how close was I? Um like
2: you're about twenty years? No. Yeah, twenty years too early.
1: Oh, Steve Johnson? Yes, sir. I actually was going to say Eric Molds, and then I was like, Eric Molds is also a good guess, but no, they did not get back to back. i was trying to think of like, anyone before Andre Johnson. Steve Johnson
2: actually had three
1: straight 1,000 year seasons. I couldn't think of like. Diggs has had back to
2: back 1,000. More than likely hit 1,000 next year. So, we go to the final question number three Mike Tyson, probably one of the most famous heavyweights to ever live. Who did he beat
1: to get his belt? Crickets. George. Foreman, no, I have no clue. Nothing, no, I See, got nothing. He, lo- he lost to the big Buster Davis Douglas. See, that's just how that was going. <laughs> <laughs> James Buster Douglas and yes, he did he lost like too. fighting some guy's ear off, yeah, yeah, that buddy. Was, that was the downfall of my Tyson.
0: Mm-hmm. So he
2: beat Trevor Burbick.
0: Oh, uh, would not have gotten that one.
2: This his first title defense, and he got uh, knocked out in the second round. And that was the beginning of uh, Mike
1: Tyson being the baddest man on the planet. Do you think Tyson would knock out Fury right now? Tyson and his prime. Mike Tyson is prime?
2: Prime Mike Tyson?
0: Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Even now. His revival.
2: Like current day Mike Tyson? Yeah, like fought Roy Jordan's. Journey. Yeah. Yeah, no.
0: No way? No. Prime Mike Tyson? 100%. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah.
1: A little, a little history lesson, today of uh, Mike uh, not realizing how difficult his trivia questions are because he doesn't want to make them too easy. But then he you know it up and makes them too yeah. hard. You want yeah. some softballs? Do you want seconds? some softballs next week? Yeah, just to, as a yeah. confidence booster. Listen, my confidence is down, and I'm 0 for three with three strikeouts. Like, I, I needed to get like a, right, a, 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 we'll, a meatball right down the middle. All right, the next week. week we'll have a confidence booster for the boys, okay? And yeah. and for the audience, like they gotta be low too. Like this is probably like a little self-esteem for them too. So they're probably not getting these. Yeah, but think about how much they're learning. Do
0: you think they care about <laughs> 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 All right. All right. On that, that
2: note, we're going to wrap it up here on the Indian Podcast.
0: Yep. We'll see you guys around this time next week, and uh, go Bills. Go Bills, baby.